This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 922 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by then Funky Askren and the man in denim, James Dean Raider. He has so many denims, it's crazy. I got a couple denims. League leader. He loves denim. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing weird about it. And we're destigmatizing denim today. Thank you. And here forward, Ben. Operation Cheese Spy. It's happening. You're sending I got I got multiple you, cheese spies. You got three cheese spies. It's it's yeah. now now here's what's gonna happen. I already know what's gonna happen. Oh. He's been on he's been on radio all these years. I gotta get a spy there and then I can know he's like Kale needs to tell us what he's doing, but good for us. And then he's gonna get his cheese spies and he's gonna get the info and guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna hide it under a bushel. He's not gonna tell nobody. Man, I, I, well, I, I don't know that to be true. I, I pretty much tell all my secrets. I tell everyone exactly what I do at AWA, what we do at AWA. It is not a secret. I would love to see other people implement the same thing we do. So wrestling grows significantly because when we implement our system, that's what we see. Wrestling grows in the area. Yeah. Well, uh, Mitchell, if you, if you haven't heard, Mitchell Messenbrink, uh, uh, Ben Askren pupil, is uh, committed to Penn State. He's transferring from California Baptist to Penn State to wrestle any weight. He doesn't care, 57 or 65. He says he will be a savage at either weight class. <laughs> he doesn't know if he's wrestling next year a lot up in the air, other than the fact that he is, is going to Penn State. Um, yeah. What did you know well, about the decision, and what, what were your thoughts, Ben? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's in a little bit redshirt qualifier already because of Junior World's placement. Um 
Yeah, and then obviously Penn State, you know, they they have a lot of guys at those weights, so they can probably negotiate them a, a few different ways. Um, I think, you know, I think I don't know if he thinks this. I still think he's one fifty seven pounder. I don't think he's like quite big enough for sixty five, but he doesn't particularly like cutting weight. So, you know, but I think, um, I think I think I had the same thing we said about uh, Quincy Monday this year. Like, dude, Quincy Monday, you go to fifty seven, like you're probably the NCAA champion. You know, and you go up a weight class and 165 is super stacked. Not that you can't win. It's just going to make it a lot harder because it's a yeah. way better weight class. So, yeah, way yeah. better weight. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, that would be the guy who's the favorite to win 157 currently is also on his team in Levi yeah. Haynes. So if he stays at, at 157, a lot to sort out there. And they can kick it down. Um, a year Levi's with, got a red shirt also. Levi has a red shirt. Messenbrink has a red shirt, and Facundo could I qualify. Think, they actually talk about Alex qualifying for an Olympic as well. Yes, because he was a. This is a, this is where Olympic qualifying, uh, Olympic graduate qualifying is ridiculous, because he has a cadet world medal. Now I don't. Right? I thought they put out different twenty twenty four. Where did I see those? Did Nomad put them out? Well, they just announced. They also just news dropped us with twenty twenty four Olympic trials would be hosted by. Uh, NLWC at the state at state college. Now hold on, I thought that was what? news dropped. Literally, the moment they canceled it, they're like, "Yeah, the next one." When they announced Fort Worth, they're like, "2024 yes. is going to be a hundred percent." I, I remember it may not oh. have been announced, but it was basically openly stated. Yeah, 2024 okay. games well, are going to be going to be there. Um, okay, well, I feel yeah. like it was news to me, so it was probably news to a lot of people then. All right, so I think the Olympic redshirt criteria has changed. Here it is. Okay. Okay. Oh, previous. Oh, yeah. If you are a previous age-level medalist, you yeah. are eligible. Wild, okay. Right? Yep. So NCAA champion from a previous year and top two from 2023 U23 nationals. This is weird. Top three at NCAAs is one. So you could be a D1 that champ. You can be a D1 champ. Wait. Yeah, top three. This doesn't make any sense, though. Number four, if you're top three, oh, previous year. Okay. That's sort of weird, yeah. but whatever. Top eight at at Senior Nationals. Top eight at um, U.S. Open. Past national team. So, uh, a lot of people can qualify for the Olympic red shirt. The guy I thought should take one, but it d doesn't seem interested, is, is Tarashi with his aspirations to go down a weight, but it would make it would make sense if he really wants to do that for him to take a look red shirt, but maybe it means uh to me that means it what's wrestling this weekend? Seventy nine? Yeah. Uh seventy four just seems like such a stretch. He just looks a little too big. Yeah. It'll be it'll be tough. Um who's who is the best body shrinker and has done well? Best body shrinker. Like in was there Honestly, somebody that wrestled 41 that went all the way down to uh, 57? Um, well, well, Mike Zadik. Mike Zadik. Oh, Mike Zadik. That's a good one. Mike Zadik was a 149-pounder and competed at 60 kilos, 132 and a half yes. for a long time. Seth Gross did compete a season at 141. He did. And he went he all the way down to 57. Yes, he did. Now, there's also like sort of two generations to be looking at because you have the day of who's done it day of because coleman's generations Scott, of body shrinkers yes we need more we need yeah, there, there's just two different scenarios like doing it the day before and doing it day of who's Huge done difference. who's done it effectively 
Like that, you know, James Green was did not, you know, he was not, he could never match the success he had at seventy down at sixty five. Yeah. Serious um, body shrinker. Yeah. Seriano had success fifty seven after us at sixty one and one thirty three. Yeah, it's not I, quite to the yeah. level. And I also feel not like either. we were always like he's he should be a he's perfectly fine at one twenty five and a half. No one was like, man, he's huge at thirty three. Was there was there some fifty sevens that made it down to sixty five or sixty six? I feel like there was. Trying mm. to remember who. I mean, Green. Maybe the Paul. Maybe well, well that was pretty. Oh, bad. Uh, One of the Paulsons was gigantic. Yeah, made sixty six. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Dake that. has been uh, across a couple weight classes. Yeah, Dake, but he was never. Yeah, it was more of a bulk job was, versus a yeah, bulk job. Shrink your body. Yeah, no, I, Christian. In the new, to your point though, in the new era, um, not really anyone has done it successfully because it's freaking double day of weigh-in is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's gonna be really, yeah. really tough for for any of these guys to do. Um, because the margins are already so narrow here, you have to be so good to to yes. to make a run at these weight classes, especially the Olympic weight classes. If there's any chink in the armor, you're you're not gonna be there. You've got to be so much better. Okay, so Mitchell to Penn State. Um the exciting what what do you think separated them? Why do you think or what was the you know, the differentiators? For um him? Yeah, so I, I don't know his last four were Ohio State, Missouri, Michigan, and, and Penn State. I know previously he had interest in Cornell, but that was kind of one that he that's probably the, the fifth one that he crossed off. Um he really liked Ohio State a lot. Like he just like really loved his visit, uh, it seemed. And I, I think Penn State it felt and this maybe maybe I won't learn any secrets. He said it felt a lot like what we do at AWA. You know, he said that was just like the biggest thing is it felt so similar. And he said, you know, I kind of narrowed down to these four because I thought they had similar training methodologies as, you know, what we have done. And, um, you know, he said Penn State felt the most similar. He really felt like uh, felt at home. Uh, he, you know, and in all fairness, he was a huge Penn State fan kind of his whole life. Oh, okay. I didn't realize yeah. that. Maybe you've mentioned that. I just don't recall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Penn State transfer information. Seth Nevels, formerly of the Nittany Lions, going to be transferring to be a Maryland Terrapin. A great get for Coach Clemson. Nevels is certainly an NCAA caliber wrestler, a guy who can probably push for the podium for Maryland. Good fit there, and good to see him find a home. I'm wondering why now, not earlier. I would assume... He graduated. Graduated. Right? Maybe that's why. Yeah. But he has two years left, so not just a one-year deal for mm -hmm. Coach Clemson. So good get. Good to see him land somewhere and get back in the lineup. And the biggest news of all, just in size oh. of person, is Rulon Gardner. It's entered the U.S. Open, Ben. Man. Now. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, listen. He's not going to wrestle. This is not happening. Remember in 2012, they well, had. Why the, is it not happening? Because he's not gonna. He can't make the. He has not made the weight in in the, now. If he makes the weight, I'll be glad because that'll signal some other things. But this is a guy in 2012. They announced this big comeback for him, and oh, he's coming back. Yeah. He's coming back. Then he doesn't weigh in. Doesn't make the weight. And then he's as yeah. David Bray pointed out. He was on the broadcast for that for the final. So it was like, I don't know. That 2012, you can't convince me it wasn't just a complete publicity stunt. Now, 13 years later, um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think so. I have such a hard time with this now because uh, 
<laughs> I, I mean, I've discussed this topic. Like, uh, you know, part of me is like, why do these guys keep hanging on for for like a lot of older guys who just keep wrestling because it is so hard. And then part of me is like, I'd love to get out there and wrestle a little bit. Sounds like fun, you know? But then it's like, man, I'm not really one of the training necessary, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't be fun to wrestle a little bit. Yeah. But he's registered, so for, for what it's worth, he's there. Also registered late in the game, but that's nothing new. Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. Basically sending everyone we would have guessed. Um, we've been telling you for a while, yeah. don't expect Roman here. He did not register. No Facundo. No Facundo. He's a big freestyler. But he could still go to trials. Uh, I I presume he's still junior eligible. Maybe he's, he might not be, yeah, actually. I don't think he is. Yeah, he probably isn't. Maybe just taking the... Time up, and some sometimes you see that with the Penn State guys, they'll take a time. Just you know, if you've been on teams and been right, in the mix, right. it's kind of good to take that. Not it, that you're taking the summer feels off, but like just, yeah, it feels like a lot of them don't do the off season. Yeah, it, it depends, right? Um, I mean, oh, has there been Christian? Has there been a couple off seasons where almost none of the team did it? Um, like not yeah, 20, oh yeah, twenty three seniors, none of them. Yep. Uh, I want to say it was either 18 or 19. We basically didn't see. Yeah. I mean, even last year, it was there wasn't much in terms of seniors. There was a couple juniors. No Brooks. Yeah, no Brooks. No Kirk. Starachi. Uh, made a run. Mm-hmm. It was like their big senior guy who was still on the team. Actually, the one I'm, I'm neglecting is Kirkfleet. No Kirkfleet at 125. Which I oh, think makes yeah. Yeah, that makes sense with Gable in the yeah, mix and just relax, you know. Take some time, and for mm-hmm. Facundo, I think he's got he's got some gains to make in the the folk style realm. And now you got a guy coming into your weight potentially. It's like, man, you better just stay focused on doing what you got to do to keep your spot. I think, yeah, I know Facundo did not have the tournament, you know, he probably wanted, but I wouldn't sell all the stock. He still beat a lot of good guys this year. I didn't think his year was. Yeah. That bad well, uh, was his freshman year. I mean, if we're talking about stock here, Christian, this, and this is I Shane's out here to defend himself, but this is the point he misses sometimes. Is if you are gonna buy Facundo stock, now would be the time because there's probably a lot of people selling at a discount. Yes, but I don't owe to performance at NCAs. There's people selling it at a discount right now. Yeah, um, I just don't. I would not lean on Shane Sparks for financial advice. <laughs> About the stocks and the, the market. Nobody talks about the stocks. He's, uh, you know, athletes. He gets a lot of emotion into it, and he, you know, he doesn't quite understand when to sell and when to buy. And if we're buying stock on an athlete, we want it when it's at a discount, when it's at a good rate. Mm-hmm. If you were going to buy some Alex Facundo stock, like a bad time to buy would be after he had beaten Cam Amin, for example. Bad mm-hmm. time to buy. Yes. When he goes over to an NCAs, man, a lot of weak hands. They're all selling at a discount. You you get a very discounted price, so you can maybe make some good returns potentially. There you go. Yeah. Where in the uh, Alex advice. Facundo? Where in the Alex Facundo arc is Bitcoin right now? Um. Well, Owen two at nationals is probably June. Okay. So last June, June twenty twenty two. Um. You know. So we're you know we're making making a few gains here. So Facundo. Based on that, you know, some some bright horizons, perhaps. If he follows, if he follows that trajectory, yes. There you go. And we've been saying mm-hmm. for a long time, Facundo and Bitcoin are on a similar trajectory. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, Other so Stephen Buchanan registers at ninety two. Hey, this is fun. It's very fun. We haven't really seen him. He did. I don't think he did a match um, this no. year. Just redshirted. I guess I don't know who his coach is. Uh, I don't believe Oklahoma has a head coach. That is that process is still ongoing. And yeah, have you have you heard anything? Uh, I I've not heard anything. I heard someone else, not you, although um, you may have echoed the sentiment. Someone else told me it's a disaster. Yeah, I've heard that. That's what I heard. I've heard yes. it's a disaster. Um, and I've heard that from coaches. It's a disaster. Oh. So this is hopefully an unusually long out. amount of time for I don't, the coaching well, position to be open, is it? I don't think it's that long. I, I Oklahoma went long uh in the summer of twenty sixteen. Pitt went on forever before they wound up with Gavin. It 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 takes some time. I mean, how long did Wisconsin well, take before they hired Bono? It was a little bit. It was I like I actually don't think it was because I remember. I won't tell you what I remember. I remember though, when I was walking to the Kiss Day tournament, and there was some. So that was when he had he had must have been hired right before that, which was that was the end of March. So it was probably only a couple weeks. But what what I will tell you is that there there are two separate scenarios whoa. here, right? There could be whoa, what happened? Mar- it was March 24th Bono was named the coach. That's what I'm saying. Was, yeah, Holy crap. March. Now, fast. he was – Barry was out before NCAAs. They were doing interviews at they, the NCAA tournament. Yes, they told Barry at the Big Ten. So, um, But there are two scenarios here, right, Christian? There's the scenario number one when a head coach is let go because of some type of incident that's maybe a surprise to everyone involved, mm-hmm. right, where it's kind of a shock. Oh, crap, we, we got to fire this dude, and then we need to, like, start from scratch and hire someone new – and then there is uh, the incidents where, hey, this guy's maybe been in, underperforming or not performing to the level we want them to for a bunch of years. Maybe we should start going to look for someone else. Who are our best options and what do we think about them? And then, you know, by the time they actually even open the job, they've probably already been looking at who are the best possible options for us to hire. Yeah. So Cody was out. This is weird. Cody was out August 11th. Is that not totally year. bizarre? Year. 2016. And then Lou was yeah, hired weird, August 30th. So that's like three weeks, which is probably that's what we're a terrible around. time to do a coaching change, though. Why, why wait? <laughs> I, yeah, I have no idea what. I, now I'm remembering that. Yeah, I don't know. To, to me, maybe this is just a simplification of the process. It's like, all right, who are the best head coaches you could reasonably hire or potentially even court, right? Make a list of those people and just yes. put them in an order. Tony Roby. Pat Papalizio, Damian Hahn, Doug Schwab, you know, in whatever order yeah. you want, start calling them. Okay, Pat said no, move on, and work your way down Work your way down the list. But it doesn't sound like that's the approach well, they've had. Probably work your way down until you'd say, I have five reasonable candidates or some, something to that effect, you know, three to five reasonable candidates. And then once I have that many reasonable candidates, I'm going to bring them in to mm-hmm. see, do I like them? Do I think they fit, Right. That type of thing. Once they're interested, and then maybe you bring all three in. You're like, man, these guys suck. <laughs> yeah, and then you start going down the list even more or something. But you're you obviously don't. I mean, if you think they suck, maybe that's more about you because like they're what they're sure. proving. Um, maybe your judgment yeah. it should not be trusted in this scenario. Sure, that's fair. Yeah, but but yeah, no I mean, how, how is that not like kind of like the starting process? But it does not sound just based on the coaches I've talked to and who's been approached. I don't think that's how they've done it. 
Uh, mm. I, I don't claim to be an athletic administration or like, you know, have a lot of knowledge of the inner workings, but it would seem like that, that'd be the way you want to go about this, but yeah, it does not seem so. like that's been how it's going. Okay. So we don't know about OU. Maybe, I mean, there'll be a lot of people at the open, so maybe we'll be able, we better be able to get some type of inside information. At least a completely unsubstantiated rumor we can put out there. If nothing else, something with Absolutely. no basis in fact. We at least try to put that out there. Who doesn't love some good rumors? Yes. We know you love them. No one loves them more than I ben. love them. I love them. <laughs> and I'll put them out. People are like, well, you can't put them out. Like, listen, why can't I put out what I heard? I have no idea whether it's factual or not. Doesn't mean I can't say I heard it. Yeah. This is, these are the, the moments. Don't get mad at me, Christian. Don't these are the moments that Ben ruins my life, personally. This is. And he just laughs. Look at him. He just thinks it's so funny. Well, I don't know why anyone would get upset about you because number, you know, like you, 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 I don't know. I can say whatever I want and I can say, I mean, on some things <laughs> it's reading comprehension. Cause I will literally say someone texted me this. I have zero idea whether it's true or not, but here's what I was texting. I thought all of you publicly would also find this interesting. We need to, we need to turn one of those around on Ben and see how he feels about the, do uh, it. Like what? What? I don't, what could I get upset about? If we said something uh, negative about your club, a bad situation happened there. I said it was, and it was totally unsubstantiated. And I just read it, read it aloud. Mm. That would, I bet, that would uh, elicit a certain reaction. I mean, I don't know. I think uh, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And uh, I don't maybe know. I'd, I'd have a maybe hard it is time true with that person texting up. me about <laughs> AWA. Maybe it is the case. I don't know. Man, they really have to stretch to make something up. I know. Great yeah. club. <laughs> Although you won't. You Great won't club. Know. Some say the best. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, it's U.S. Open week. It's it's here. Oh, I yeah. can't wait. We arrive Wednesday. Ben arrives Thursday? Get there Thursday morning, yep. Thursday morning. First thing smoking mm-hmm. for Ben. All right. It's going to be so fun. We're gonna we're gonna bust up the shows. We're gonna do half today, half Wednesday. We're at programming note. We're going Wednesday this week so that we can fly and not try to do it Thursday from Las Vegas at when would that be? Six thirty Vegas time. You don't want to see oh, yeah. JD at six thirty Vegas time. It's true. You just don't. <laughs> He's still gonna be up running the tables. Running the tables. I Him and Sion. You know who <laughs> runs the tables? Sion Williams. That man, that oh man, Sion is such a degenerate <clears throat> that he likes to get up incredibly early and go yeah. so that he doesn't have to play with other people. Yeah. He he's, can focus in. He's an antisocial gambler. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's good at crap. Listen, I, I've I, been I, through casinos. Wake up for an early – Christian, you've had this exact same experience to me. Wake up early for a Sunday morning flight to go home from Vegas. Walking mm-hmm. through the casino at 5.30, 6 a.m. So sad. And so you, that doesn't sleep. You, know, you know they're not asleep. You know they haven't slept. You just look at them. You know that person has not been to sleep. And there's you know D1 head coaches. Oh, there's this guy. Oh, there's that guy. They haven't yep. slept. It's so easy to see. Yep. I, honestly, that's the, <laughs> that's one of the more depressing walks you'll do. Is it Not, not <laughs> the coaches. It's just like you see these people in the – just sitting there by themselves alone. It, 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 I'm not making a joke. It is like literally sad. Um, I've, done, I've done the the early morning Vegas flight, no sleep. That's yeah. the way to do it because then you just sleep on the plane. 
Yeah, you I'm got not, nothing to do on a Sunday. I'm not a good plane sleeper. I'm not. To either. be honest, I need I'm, a I'm I need out. I need a very specific set of circumstances for me to become unconscious. No, no. The depressing one is I. I mean, if you come in, um, if you don't come in the main entrance of the South Point, if you come in from like the parking garage side, because you'll have to go this way and then this way to get to the wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's all the slots over there. That's the depressing. Like they, that's know, slots. The blackjacks. Yeah. They kind of look like they're having a good time. I mean, maybe not good at a stay up all night, but they look like they're having fun, a little social activity, some roulette, you know, whatever. And the slot you know, just is just pulling a lever or pushing a button. Smoking, <laughs> smoke, pushing a button, smoking a cigarette. You're like, oh, man. That's what I'm talking about. It's the way. slot players are the saddest. They're sitting there. They're on the, like the they're on the rascal scooters, just sitting there. They drive right up. They're <laughs> the smoking. Scooters. It is not good. It is not a good situation. Uh, That's what brings them joy. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're addicted to the dopamine rush. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 57 kilograms. No degenerates in this field. We got, um, really, it's a big four, and then I, there's a pretty considerable drop-off. That's not really the case in most of the weight classes, but it is at 57. You got Soriano, Spencer Lee, Zane Richards, Patrick Glory. That's like the big four. And then you've yeah. got some good college guys like Jacob Camacho, Steve O'Poolin, Caleb Smith, Cooper Flynn, Mark Anthony McGowan for some reason, and Ryan Miller are, are also. Some, yeah, I, why is he not going juniors? Well, isn't he qualified, He's qualified for the junior world team trials? So yeah, but it's such. I mean, got uh, it's such an advantage to sit out. I know. I agree. Thank he you. Should maybe go juniors. But not only is it an, an advantage, but like. Mark Anthony McGowan is not going to smoke this field at at fifty seven juniors, right? It's it'll be yeah. competitive for sure. Um, he he could he could be the guy, but I don't think he's going to come in and just you know torch these guys. It's fifty seven, you know, Jory Volks in there, um, Spratley. Yeah. There, there's some there's some bad guys in there. So anyway, he's yeah. in the mix. The curious thing, the most interesting thing is how do they seed Spencer Lee in this because. On the one hand, he's great, and you know he's one of, if not the best guy at this weight class. On the other hand, he hasn't done freestyle since December of 2019. So, now, he was great, but can you can that even factor in three and a half, four years ago? Ben. Yeah, this it's, is the it's hard to factor it in. Hard to factor it in, but you can't ignore it either. You can't just be like, well, he hasn't yeah. wrestled freestyle in four years. Let's not see him. So I would say somewhere between two and four would be, and I, I think it's fine. Two, three, or four would all be fine. I think. Yeah, I think you need to separate Nick and Spencer, and beyond that, I think the rest can work itself. And I think you need to make sure that Zane and Patrick are opposite as well. So you should you got to make sure it's two and two. You can't have some scenario where Nick. Zane and Pat are on the same side or something like that. Yes. Yeah, you got to yeah. make sure. That be good. You got to have balance there with the two and two. And I think beyond that, it's probably fine, provided Nick and Spencer are opposite. That's my, I think, the dream scenario. I think that's yes. perfect. I, I agree with you. Okay, good. You know what? I'm a little sad, Christian. Don't be sad. Because... I was in, you know, I was, this is 2023, then the next year is 2024, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I was really envisioning a scenario where we had Vito down here, Seth down here, RBY down here, 
and this bracket was just ridiculously good. I was hoping it would happen this year so we would get two years of it. Yeah. Does that make you a little sad? Make, um, a little sad, but also you think for holding holding that weight for you know over a year, year and a half if you make the team, I think is just such a big ask. And I think you kick it down as far as you can anymore. But isn't there that isn't there that selfishness? Um, <laughs> I was gonna say selfishness. I was gonna say the advantage that sitting out provides you. And if you are a guy who can really make the team, like you're not one of these guys who, well, you just like wrestling being part of the RTC and you're probably gonna be a you know five through twelve type guy. But if you're one of the guys who could make a world team, go win a world medal this year. It gives you such a leg up heading into next year because you can sit everything out. Did you? I mean, you I still sit the semis. I also, I think people are like, I think it's a little hat tip to Thomas Gilman. They're like, that's that's true. Uh, I'm not beating that guy. So all the metal sitting out scenarios are like, no. I mean, for Vito, I don't know if it was said, but it was on. You know sort of read between the lines they're like i'm gonna go the weight that gilman's not because i can beat all those guys i don't we'll kick that down to 2020 really? where did he say that i don't think he said it i think it was said or around it like okay when they were talking about Vito's world weight like well he might go up so i may go down i don't think it's out of Vito's mouth but in the circles mm-hmm. um maybe, maybe not the case i believe it i believe it i did an interview with him and he said it was still tbd on his weight yeah well, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't hurt the fact that that Thomas is down and he can be sixty-one. Look at what he did at one thirty-three. Like, hey, you don't want to take that out from him. But that kind of hard hand fighting yeah. style is going to give him problems. So I think I I, I sort of disagree, Ben. For a lot of them, it's like, man, get on a team. Like that is such a huge deal. Make a world team. Vito Rujo, right. you've never been on a world team. You've never been on a senior world team. Like that's a huge, huge deal if you can do it. Um, yes. Same for the Natos and the Nikos and Nishans, okay. et cetera, et cetera. I, I like enough. it. I will have to wait till next year. We'll have to wait. Remember, and the saddest thing about it, the wait, COVID messed the whole thing up because you had literally <laughs> Nick tested <laughs> yeah, positive, yeah. but also you had Neela Spencer couldn't wrestle when in 2020 he was firing on on uh, all cylinders available. Yeah. So yeah, that was such a such a bummer. Fifty seven lost a lot of steam after being the most talked about weight for yeah. leading up to it and then petered out for sure. So yeah, I I'm curious how Glory looks. A little more freestyle training. He was really green coming out of high school. He was one of the few guys that wasn't like consistently trying to make age level world teams, really good at folk mm-hmm. style, but he's got a good freestyle skill set now, or better. Yeah, absolutely. Do we think right. Zane contends here? Oh man, I have a hard time. Suriano's yeah, teched him like, twice. Yes, I had a lot I of Illinois like truthers yelling at me when I brought that Nick, up. Nick, Nick or Spencer, depending on which Spencer shows up. Yeah, which Spencer That's do you expect like. to see? Oh, I don't know. I mean, part of me says maybe losing NCAA's got the monkey off his back and he just could not have as high of expectations. He can relax and go wrestle. And if that happens, it's probably good. Or maybe has fueled like some bitterness a little bit and hatred. And then that's probably not a good one. 
I don't know. I think he's excited to wrestle freestyle. I think I'm excited to see him. I I think think it's it's, going to be good, Spencer. I think it's savage mode, Spencer. Okay. That's what I expect, you know. 61. Goodness gracious, this weight is insane. Six NCAA champions. Oh, yeah. Uh, which are Seth Gross, Nathan Tomasello, Nico Megalutis, Nishan Garrett, Cody Brewer, and was that six people? We'll say that was six. Wow. Um, not to mention, men, oh, Mendez goes up to 65 juniors yeah, instead of 61 seniors. Take that out. But mm-hmm. very, very tough weight class. Um, oh, Vito. Vito's not in here. That's the name. So, there we go. 61. Is Vito the favorite at this weight? Well, there's another who shows up. If it's the Vito that we saw at Friday and Saturday night of the NCAAs, I, I, there's no way you can't say Vito's the favorite when he did what he did to Dayton and RBY. Um, but we have seen Vito lose to uh, Sam Latona last year. So, uh, what do you, yeah, who shows up? I don't know. There's so many. So many tough guys here. There's so many tough yeah. types exactly. of types of wrestlers too. That's why yeah. it's anybody you put odds for anybody out there, you you take the field like easily. As great as he is, I kind of feel the same. Now he there is a chance he's just turned a corner on his career and he's just gonna run through everyone. But he's still a guy. He he's so wide open, he makes mistakes. Um Joe Cologne is is a nightmare. Is well, a nightmare for some of He makes these guys. mistakes, but uh Friday and Saturday night, he didn't really make any mistakes. No, and he I was think damn near flawless. I I think there's just different guys with really different skill sets to throw at him. I think you got a a Joe Cologne that's gonna come out and underhook like crazy. I think and a Cody Brewer like crazy. Uh, and a great a great gut wrench. You got Cody mm-hmm. Brewer who's gonna shoot five thousand times. And Sean Garrett who can match your speed. You've got Nico Megalutis who's savvy. Uh, Nato who can really hand fight hard. Seth Gross, yep. extremely savvy as well. Like, and there's just Austin DeSanto who's going to beat you up. There's there's yeah. just a lot yeah. of different kind kinds of guys to beat. Whereas like Vito kind of knew like you know your path, you know who you got to be. You got okay, Sam Latona's a problem, but Dayton Fix is going to do this, and you've wrestled him. And Roman Bravo Young, but uh, yeah, I, I, you could say like because he did it, you could say it's simple now. But no one yeah. was saying that was a I know match. Yeah, you're right. Beforehand. You're right. A little bit of revisionist, perhaps. And, and I mean, on top, just kind of on top of that, it's like, who has done that to Dayton any time in the past five years? The answer, I think, the answer is nobody, right? He's never lost by that many points ever, like yeah, in ever. collegiately or probably freestyle since Spencer teched him at like 2014 Cadet Trials. Oh, really? I didn't even know. I thought I thought Dayton beat Spencer at the Cadet Trials. That was 15. Oh, so the year before that, detective. Actually, it was 13. Oh. 13. 13. That's a, de- Spencer that's a decade him. ago. Statue of limitations is up. Yeah. Luke yeah. Karam cradled him at Super 32, but I don't I don't think he beat him that bad. I do remember that. That is like a that's like a Bethlehem Catholic kid or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, yeah, we're really scraping the <laughs> <laughs> we are digging up some old stuff. Um yeah. but I listen. Another thing that's true, this weight is so much tougher than the 133 bracket, it's insane. I mean, his quarterfinal yeah, his quarterfinal is probably going to be another NCAA champion type of guy. Uh-huh. Um, 
I think the weight is a huge thing for Vito. In terms of 61 to 57. 100%. 125 to 133. NCAAs, he looked great. At 133, I think he looks great here again. <clears throat> at yeah. 61, we've really only seen him at 57 um, internationally so far. And, you know, he's done good. He hasn't made a, made a team yet, but he, he's been right there. And I think the extra couple pounds, couple kilos is going to make a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if, if he's the favorite, I think he probably man should he be the. I mean, Seth Girls literally made the team. That guy that's made the Vito's team. Fifty seven and beat Dayton. Well, that's not because Vito. It's not because Vito was at fifty seven. Vito was at fifty seven, yeah. and Seth Girls made the team. Um, I think no one said when Seth Girls made the team. He's like, well, he's lucky that Vito was at fifty seven. Like no one thought no one that. Said that. Um. You pull the public. I think Vito's the the odds-on favorite. Yeah, I I would agree with that. But yeah. man, it's not with a high degree of certainty. No, I think it's why. Uh, I mean, and it's I don't know, guys. I think I honestly think I think if the same Vito shows up, and I can't promise that. It's a big if, though. <laughs> That's the thing. He's gonna blow. He's gonna blow the doors off these dudes. Well, Are you serious? Up, yeah, wow. the way he beat up Rome. I mean, guys. Dayton Fix is a world silver medalist at this weight class 18 months ago, right? He made mm-hmm. second in the world. Um, RBY was a guy who hadn't lost collegially in, in multiple years. Um, and it, wasn't, it wasn't like he, it wasn't like he scraped one out, right? It wasn't like he just like just barely snuck one out, got some uh, takedown to his back and then held on for dear life. He kind of beat those dudes up. Um, and yeah, I mean, like if you put those two dudes in the field, and it's it's definitely possible that they win this bracket. Also, now okay. they're not the favorite, but it's possible they can win. Talk to me about the ankle snag takedown you've been talking about. The ankle snag. Okay, so uh, it's going to be hard for me to describe without some um, like showing of moves. Okay, but so if you get, get angle, and, what <laughs> get Ozzy down here. Uh, he went to school, I think. My wife doesn't <laughs> like wrestling, so I can't go grab her or nothing. Um, every once in a while, I'll do it against her will. And, you know, that's a little oh, sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always good. Hey, listen to this. What? Caleb Caleb wants and is going to get he, – he did something. I forget what it was. But he's going to wrestle Katie, his mother, in, in a match. He, she's like – she does not want to do this at all, but he did something. He's like, Mom, you have to wrestle me now. We're going to have a – I'm gonna. <laughs> what are I'm, their weight? What's their weight comparison? Tell me. Tell me this. Um, Katie's like 110 pounds. I don't know if you're supposed to say what's, he, what's Caleb now. What's Caleb now? Uh, he's beefing up. He's like 81, 82. Ooh, I don't know if he can get her yet. I, I'm, I'm just gonna say, Katie, you take it. Here's a hand. He's gonna shoot this side. Smash his head down. <laughs> oh, you're, now you're picking favorites. You're picking favorites. 100. percent I told him. I said, listen, I've, co- <laughs> I've coached you your whole life. I'm going to coach her for this match, and we'll see who wins. Okay. Well, I think Katie might have a good – man, she can't have more than like a year or two left because, uh, you know, he's going to grow soon. Yeah, I know. She's got to gotta beat him now and never wrestle him again. Anyway. Um, so this ankle snag, though. So when, when you get an angle like a drag or something and you shoot like a regular head inside single – I'm going to try to get up here with the cord. Um, it's kind of easy for the guy to like pull like, – and you see especially a lot of foreigners, right? You see them – like pull their leg out of it, right? So if they're shooting a single leg to that side, they'll they'll actually like pull their leg out of the single leg, mm-hmm. um, and then it kind of leaves the, leaves the shooter empty handed. Mitchell and I were just debating this on 
Thursday or Friday or whenever it was um, about like, I, cause I was telling him like, this hasn't been around a long time. Like this is a new thing. I can't tell you who the first person is to do this, but it's absolutely within the last three to five years that it's like become a thing and it's not become a popular thing yet. Um, so I think at some point, somebody, whomever it was, I don't, I don't, I can't pinpoint who invented it, got sick of getting that leg slipped out on them when they got a good angle and they thought, okay, well, you know, because usually you hit a single, you kind of wrap a single leg, right? And they mm-hmm. thought, well, okay, every time I wrap, the guy's slipping their leg out because I can't actually hang on to it if they're evading here. So instead of doing that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab it. And then when they grab it and they're trying to kick away, it actually puts them in a really bad spot because when they try to kick away, it takes weight off their foot and then you have it and then you can elevate it and they're in a really terrible spot. So this is the move that, uh, Vito hit on Roman. He's like elbow off, and then yeah. he elbows off with his left hand, and he shoots with his right, so and then he like boom, yeah, yeah, and he grabs it with two hands. So he grabs like right at the sock level, sock high shoe level with two hands. But yeah, you can also do it off a drag, and there's a few other places. Um, and I was very skeptical. Uh, Mitchell maybe started doing it. I don't know, maybe a year ish ago, and I was very skeptical. And the more I felt it, and the more I thought about why he was doing it, it was like, oh, this, this kind of makes sense of why someone will do this. And it does allow you to get a good angle. And most people give um, what they think is the right reaction, but it was actually the wrong reaction they're giving to it. Now, it looks like Vito only has his right hand on the foot uh, initially. And it, it, it grabs here, but then he comes right there. I'm sure he grabs it with both hands almost almost immediately. If not, never. He, he never. He never. He never does. He goes ever. Never. He goes right hand inside, okay. and then he comes around the body, like around the waist, almost puts Roman really? on his back. So I mean, we we do two hands on the ankle because it is uh, it's very hard to hold on. Maybe he's very unique in that way. But we always go two. Maybe so. I'll and I should say we that <laughs> we that's what Mitchell does. And he taught me last Thursday, and I hit it a couple times. I woo! I got a new move. I'm 38. Learning new moves. I love it. It's tremendous, man. Well, I want to yeah. see you hit it. I, I, I want you to show it to me on uh, in Vegas. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Mitch will be better if you want to see him do it. But we have a few. I mean, no. I need to see it slow. I want to understand it. Actually, kind of hard to do. Yeah, I mean, slow. Well, I'm. Well, I'm, I think you're yeah, probably slower sure than Mitchell. Is what I mean. I'm lightning, baby. Uh. uh you're lying on that. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it'll become a popular take. My guess is it's going to become relatively popular in the next two to three years. And then if it can substantiate itself from the defenses that are thrown at it, then it'll become like a real thing. And if not, it goes away. Okay. So your team, yeah. Vito, the favorite. I'm team field chaos. Vito could Who's win. Who's the it. favorite then? You got to pick one. Pick a favorite. Uh, okay. I, Seth, I don't think Seth he's. Is probably. I'd say Seth. Um, but pro- I mean. I'm down with Vito being a favorite, but not by like, which means he's maybe 20% to win it, whereas everyone else is lower or 30, something like that. Yeah. I, I truly uh, believe it in fair. pure chaos at this. Uh, and also it's notable that it you don't have to win this to, uh, or yeah, you don't have to win the open and you can still make the team. We'll find so, a lot because this Seth did not win a medal. So there'll be one final X participant here, and there'll mm-hmm. be one final X participant um, from the trials in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like the trials field, not just because the open champ won't be there, but I feel like 
a lot of the depth is not going to show up to both. That's my prediction. It's like, so, ah, I came, I got seventh. Uh, uh, I'm probably not really in the mix, so let me go ahead. Or I'll, I'll get danged up. That's why I think what Dayton's doing, sitting out to trials, which is what I think he's doing, I think it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense because I bet it's not going to be this level of depth. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing because, to your point, it, it would be it would be kind of hard to wrestle both back. I mean, because we're talking a uh, three-week break. So to wrestle both and make weight at both and perform your best at both is going to be tough. But then it's also like, well, both of them produce the same results. So you, you, know, you want two bullets in the chamber or do you want to mm-hmm. put all your eggs in one basket? Uh, and I kind of feel like having a bullet in both chambers, right? Because sometimes, like you mentioned, Christian, there's people with different strengths here. So maybe you get the right draw. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, in some instances you get, you know, Joe Colon catches a trap arm. It's going to significantly change the match. Um, so I, I would say like, man, I think entering both competitions is the way to go. Yeah. 65. We got to cruise a little bit here. This is another pretty wide open weight in my mind. I, I still think McKenna is probably the favorite, but man, he had a weird one last year at trials with, with Parker just, yep. just didn't, didn't look that was right. Weird. That was that was strange. Well, he looked gassed, is what he looked. He looked like it was hard to make weight, and he gassed out. Off yeah. the cliff. Yes, he he did big time. I, I think, you know, I think McKenna Lee Henderson's a a, a wild card. Always, he made Definitely a deep a run. Card. This guy, you know, Henderson. You kind of forget he almost beat Yanni at Final X in the first yes. first match. Like that was in the balance, big time. And then I think, and he I think, beat our favorite wrestler of all time. Who? Didn't he beat Musakayev? Oh, yeah, he beat Musakayev, yeah. Well, <laughs> Musakayev loves falling off freaking awesome. That was <laughs> the most predictable. Match. Yeah, great match. Great match. <laughs> yeah, we need to make a YouTube compilation just like worst gas tank ever. That'll be, that'll go hard. Don't steal my idea. This is a good one. You should make an I just, all Musakayev channel. <clears throat> my YouTube strategy is come up with the title first and then tell someone to do the work for it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of brilliant. But it actually works. Okay, yeah. so who do you think wins this, Ben? Um, Any love for Nick um, Lee? I, you know what? That's who I was just going to pick. Yeah, I kind of... Nick Lee. I'm not mad at that. Hey, is Alirez not no. going to compete? Nope. It's unfortunate. Yeah, okay. and confusing. Especially if he's going to Olympic redshirt. Because, like... It's not oh, like, he is? Well, he said he was when I interviewed him. Okay. Don't forget that I the won't. GOAT, Musakayev, technically 11-0 to zero, um, at Zagreb. Yeah, but that was messed up. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, if if that, if he doesn't get, you know, if you turn off Tex. Worst wrestler ever. Musakayev would never win a match. <laughs> <laughs> if you just turn off Tech Falls or made him even, like, 12 points, because he's always, like. Well, he was up he by, can, what, 8 or 9. He can Nindo. always get to 8. Oh nine oh on basically anyone. If it were Greco Tex, he would be the best. Eight yeah, point Tex. He should go Greco. <laughs> and you don't have all those frickers grabbing your legs either. Um, he just said frickers. <laughs> uh, any dark uh, Nick, horses yeah, you like in here? Nick Lee. Nick Lee had. I, I mean, if we're talking about Musakayev, Nick Lee had a terrible strategy. Evan Henderson had a great strategy. Evan Henderson knew just like. Make some of these scrambles last a little while. Yeah. Don't be too aggressive. Drag it out a little while. He's going to fall off a cliff. Yeah, Nick just got to relax. Yeah, a little bit. 
Let him get tired. If uh, there's one mm-hmm. dark horse at this weight, I think it's Ridge, Ridge. Lovett. I knew it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's Ridge. We know, I think we've seen Ashnell, Lugo, Pletcher, Wrestlenuff, senior level freestyle. Yes. We kind of know where they're at. We think we know where Ridge is at, but he's also got that big move capability. He's excellent at Very good freestyle. Feature. Yep, we just haven't seen it mm-hmm. a whole lot recently. So if there's anybody who could be the Ian Parker of um, – 2022, I, I would say it's going to be Rich Lovett. What a title to bestow. <laughs> There's also Ian Parker in this weight. So, Who will be the Ian Parker of this weight? Not Ian Parker, <laughs> as it turns out. Yeah. It's going to be Ridge Lovett. I, I like Ridge a lot. I think freestyle is kind of was his sort of primary style. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good on top in both, as it turns out. Brandon Wright, never forget, was it 2017? That was six I years ago know. now. That it was, was a long wild. time ago, but he came out of nowhere and was fantastic. Um, but there's a name that hasn't been said that has to be said, and I'm going to say it right now. Bo Bartlett. BB. <laughs> of course. I mean, actually, given the way he performed at NCAs, um, you probably have more right now to say that name than ever. I always had the right. You just didn't believe in my right. You tried to strip my rights, Ben. Well, I mean, there was a couple right? NCAs he didn't place that, Christian. Just the one. This is up um, two and a half pounds from 141. He didn't qualify as a true freshman. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) I didn't. Did that hurt to say? I actually forgot that. Didn't hurt at all. It's just called having foresight. I had it. That's when nobody bought more. If we're talking stock, nobody bought more. Oh, I gobbled it up. When he DNQ'd, I was like, "Give give it all to me. I'll take all the rich man to buy the stock. Yeah, Wrong weight, true freshman. He wouldn't have wrestled if uh, that weren't the case. Yeah, it was actually after probably last year where you really could have gotten some more discount. Yeah, and so I did. There, there was a lot of people mm-hmm. saying that his. First I just year, have a set auto buy once a once a week. Now we're just kind of cooling off. And twenty twenty one was even weird too because he wasn't the guy at first, so he didn't get his like number of matches yes, he needed yeah. to qualify. Well, that was a stupid it, the. The Big Ten was at a huge disadvantage with that scenario because you had, I forget, Illinois had like a nationally ranked 33 or 25 pounder who was like one in eight. And Troy Fisher uh, went one uh, in 10. Cardani, Cardani. Cardani. Like he's really good. He's certainly a top 33 guy, but because they only, Big Ten was like, no, we're only wrestling each other. All like those sort of mid-level Big Ten guys got totally hosed because a lot of them just had terrible records and couldn't get in. Like Troy Fisher literally went from one in ten that year to like five hundred national qualifier the next year. What a beast! <laughs> Seventy kilograms. I think there's a clear favorite here in Alec Pentelio, but you also have Hayden Hydley back down. If he can make weight, <laughs> he'll make it. Come on, I know he's gonna make it. He's Pro's gonna be. Pro. Tyler Berger, Sam Sasso, Yaya Thomas, um, and then some other you know notable guys like Caleb Henson, Ed Scott, Tariq Wilson. Um, um, hey, I should have said this on the last weight. Team body shrinker doesn't Ashnall feel like he shrunk his body because he feels big for that weight. Also, he is big for the weight, but also he was a one forty nine pounder. Yeah, I know, but he just feels big. I don't know why. Yeah, I, he is. I don't think. I think it's a really tough cut for him. I think generally he yeah. be in a be a seventy guy, but it's the Olympic weight. He's really bounced around a little bit too. Wait, I think he's sort of alternated yeah. a little bit. I know this. Mm-hmm. 
Hayden Hiley wrestled his last college match at 174. Guys like Sasso and Thomas, oh, Tariq, point. Caleb, they all wrestled their last college match at 149. I'm sorry. Can you say it again? I got confused. It's just most of these guys in this bracket wrestled college 149. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Hiley wrestled at 174. Yeah. Uh, and I know that was, you know, okay, it's my extra year. I'll come back, but I don't want to cut any weight. Um, but he wasn't s- small by any standards at 174. No, he wasn't. No, not at all. Uh, um, are we a hey, team Pantaleo here? Caleb Henson? Who's it? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and ask. Why isn't Caleb Henson wrestling juniors? Because a junior 70 kilogram is kind of ridiculous, and he would make that bracket even more he's fun. He's old. He might not be eligible, but I, he's don't, a true freshman. I don't know. He's that old? No, he's a true freshman. I know. I, he's got to be eligible. He can't be that old. Caleb, how yeah. old are you, son? Henson. Sometimes the they put they used to that put would be the, the birthday. Yeah. That would be Let's ridiculously see. old. Yeah. No. Because... Like some guys still have all right, Caleb Henson. No, no, I, uh, wait, that's not the wrong Caleb. I have the one born on two thousand one, but that's not the right one. Wrong Caleb Henson. Uh, yeah, all I right. Don't, we don't I know how imagine, is, but I mean, some people have two years of junior eligibility while they're in college, so to have none would be pretty wild. Yeah. All right. Can we talk about the favorite yet? Yeah. Like Pantaleo. Do you think it is him? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I think he's it's been, sort of clear. It's good. definitely not his weight. I wouldn't say it's his weight to lose necessarily because similar to 61, it, it, he's not a huge favorite with guys like Heidelberger, Sasso, and Thomas, but he's the odds-on favorite. He opinion. can do some weird stuff late in matches where you're like, oh, no, tactically, but he's. I think his skills are just really, really high. I think the style's perfect for him. You know, he's very dynamic. I feel like he's actually been getting better also. He is getting better. He's 100% getting better. All right. Quake it's so t- weird when guys get better. Well, they don't. <laughs> bro, a lot of them don't. I know. Most people this, are. This is they, true facts. You know the level they're at. Yeah. I literally said that 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Some guys. Most guys just like, that's kind of where they are. They are where they are. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we get surprised sometimes. When, when college guys make big jumps. Mm-hmm. Like, Luke Pletcher's senior year, that was, like, one of the main things we discussed is, like, how much better this guy got as a college wrestler. And that was, like, his fifth year in school. Ben's counting. I think Caleb Henson is too old. Whoa. Because his, la- his last 16U year, so that would be, he'd be a 16-year-old because it's by birth year. His last 16U year was 2018. Oh, wow. So 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, that's five years would make him uh, 20. He would turn 21 years old sometime in the year 2023. Interesting. Dang. He Dang, is boy. old for his grade. That's crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. 74. I think, man, just rewatching some old videos that are not that old, Jason Nolf just seems like he is now head and shoulders above everyone not named Kyle Dake. Um, I don't disagree. I'm very interested to see how Keegan can stack up, though. I'm I uh, <laughs> JD has his USA Wrestling profile pulled up. 
And this picture of him when he's really young is really. <laughs> Wait, I'm funny. sorry. Who who's he have pulled up? JD Raider. It's his own profile for some reason. His own. His own. I don't know if he's checking his safe sport or maybe he's going to register for the open. But he's got Masters. The Masters division. JD coming for you, Rufus. JD's computer is a big distraction for me sometimes. <laughs> he'll just have some something totally random up there. But there's some deep dives even uh, live on show. I rewatched Nolf David Carr from World Team Trials last year. Do you remember that match, Ben? Uh, yeah, I watched it recently, and and uh, Nolf kicked his butt. He he kicked his whole butt, and he cradled him at the butt. end. Yeah, it, it was just it was just total domination, and it was I, actually really impressive in that match. Um, how aggressive he was able to be with without being vulnerable to Carlos leg, leg attacks. That was one of the things I was really impressed by. Yeah, the one leg attack he got in, he immediately cradled him. I, I think I think Keegan is is uh in for a tough match because Keegan's big advantage, I think Nolf will be if not competent, maybe superior just in in the in the scramble positions. Um could be wrong there. Um yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see. That's what he, he's here to find out. So it'll be it'll be fun to see. Um, I mean, Jason Nolf is a guy who is probably one of the top five in the world at this point and does not have a ton of deficiencies. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Keegan's able to get there because he's going to have to beat uh, probably Vincenzo Joseph is likely who I would think in the semis. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's kind of a tough-ish matchup. Then, For sure. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does against Nolf. Yeah, Chenzo's really tough in this weight. But I, I think this is not as deep a weight class, right? I think you not could as. see Keegan make a really deep run here given, you know. Yeah. You're looking at like a Tommy Gant, Colin Purinton, Josh Shields. That's like some of the depth guys. Whereas like some of the depth guys at 61 are like Nico, Nishan Garrett, Nathan Tomasello. So I think deep run for Keegan for sure. I think. Chenzo's an interesting test just because he's really good positionally and got really, really mm-hmm. strong hips. And then also Joey Lavalley, like he's pretty tough at freestyle as well. He made the World Team Trials finals last he's year. He's on and off sometimes. Yeah. Tiger style. Yeah. He's not Tiger style anymore. Where is he? He's like you that's he, Tiger style he's... is eternal, Ben. Uh Joey Lavalley's kind of been, been all over the place. I don't know. I don't know if it's eternal for him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, where has he been? I don't know. Tell me where he is. I don't he was know. at he was at Fresno for a minute. Then I think I don't know. Kerry McCoy was in his court. Maybe he's at Lehigh Valley. Okay. Um, he's kind of a coast to coast wrestler. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's seventy four. I think that's where we decided we were going to stop, and because uh, that's half of the weights. Any yeah, other thoughts on favorite. on seventy four? Julian Ramirez is kind of interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean, it would have been uh, obviously more interesting if we would get, say, a Carr or a Mitty or a Quincy Monday or, you know, right? It seems like there's other pretty tough guys. If Mitchell could have gotten a bye to the final of junior trials, um, I know he would have loved to wrestle in this field, but given the fact that the bye is such an advantage, uh, we he decided to forego that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Probably a wise decision. Uh, we maybe ha- will have time for one question, so I'm gonna try to find a good one. Best um, one. Hmm. Uh, someone asked if Keegan is competitive with Nolf. Yeah, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right, now, right now, it'd be tough to say. 
Hey, uh, I was I was thinking of something. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Can we go to my question? Yeah, your um, question. I was so I was thinking like how fast you get the technical falls in freestyle because you know two point takedown turns are easier because he's has to expose and then you obviously get put back on the feet. But you know there was a couple we had duels yesterday and there was a couple of duels where it's like we didn't have a match make the second period for like till the third duel I think or something. You know it was a while. Um, and I was thinking with the three point takedown and then the four point near fall, which it seems to be a lot of people are in advantage of. Um, what if what if we had kept it at normal, just two two one, and then a three point near fall, and but and the ratio, so the ratio stayed to where it was because I think the ratio was fine. But what if we went to like um, a six five or six point major decision and a ten point tech fall? Because what I started thinking about, it's freaking hard to get to a tech fall in Folkstyle unless you are an elite wrist turner. Like yes. that is like about the only way to get there fast. Yeah, I have a question for you. Following up What's your that? question. How many tech falls in the entire NCAA tournament do you think there were uh, last year? I saw you post that question, and I believe what I guessed. Um, so there was going to be what? Six, I believe there's 640 matches at NCAAs. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I think guessed uh, 11 to 20 only. There were nine. Nine. Nine so- techs in the entire tournament. That's such a small number. But that it's hard it, unless unless you can hard. get across wrist and roll through. This is a Shane Sparks hard. It's unless hard. you can do that, do you realize how many times you have to take down and let someone up? I mean, I mean, by the time you do that in freestyle, the score would be thirty to zero. Yeah, it's insane, right? It, it, no, it's really really tough to do. And you're right you you got to be a tilter to get techs in general. It's very very yeah. rare. I, so I wouldn't be opposed you to that. The, those numbers down. Your your favor. I would be in favor of. I still think they tech falls would happen much more rarely than tech falls happen in freestyle. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Ten points is kind. I, no, I'm fine with it. I mean, you get you get a leg attack into a into a lace, and the match is over. Um, One you, sequence. You have to pr- prove, I think, so much more proficiency to get up ten zero in or up by ten in folk style than oh yeah in freestyle. I would be in favor. I think 15 is ridiculous. I don't think they'd ever consider it. I think it's just as a thought exercise, it's fun. Uh, but why? Why? So why wouldn't they consider? Because obviously they're considering. I mean, it, de facto, you are you are doing it. If you're going to make three point takedown and four point near fall, what you're doing is you're getting points faster, right? And you're, mm-hmm. you're getting to the end point faster. And so you know, isn't it the same thing if you make the end point closer than if you? you know, make you get there faster. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm it's just a prediction. I just don't think they would consider okay. changing I mean, they changed something so fundamental, kinda of all bets are off, but I just I don't know why, but my gut reaction is that they wouldn't mess with the fifteen. Yeah. Um yeah. they probably say it's fine. But I think it would be exciting. I think you'd see a lot more guys really pushing for that ten point yeah. advantage if it was there. Whereas, like, man, 100%. the distance from a really th- where you see the major pursuit is from decision to major, right? That's yes. where you see guys go crazy when they're up like four or five points. It's like, okay, a couple takedowns, take down a turn, get the major. Imagine if that was for a tech. Um, yeah, that'd be exciting. And, and really, I mean, one of the, one of the biggest if you think about you know fighting or or um, some of the other individual combat sports, it's the biggest thing is the match and ender, right? Something that ends the match prior to when the match is supposed to end is what people get really excited about. Um, so you'd, you'd put more of those in play. 
One more thing, and then we're going to go. Trent Hidley is back down at 86. He was at 86, then he Whoa. went to 92. Now he's back down to 86. Snip, snap. Um, and then Mike Mock went down from 97 to 92, which I think is smart, as, smart, <laughs> as J.D. said yeah. in our little flow slack. But we're going to go. As we're two over. Um, I'm not even going to make a weight joke right now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it hang. We got the allowance after Christmas. We got the allowance. It's way after Christmas. We're gonna be back Wednesday. That's the last show of the week. Hopefully back on YouTube. Um, I'm just gonna start. I've always had this. Oh, there's a stupid thing. If you want to know why we're not on YouTube, it's totally dumb. But you know, you can get strikes on your channel and it makes no sense. Well, this is one of. So we have the rights to Russian nationals. We posted on YouTube. Some stupid Russian account get just arbitrarily gave us a strike, and you can just give a strike if you want to. So our like social media people are just being crazy cautious while they fight that and get that strike removed. So they didn't want to go live for some reason. So we'll be back on YouTube at some point, um, barring Russian intervention. Maybe keep them out of worlds until our YouTube's. That's where you draw the line. We'll be back. Uh, thanks so much. We'll be back. Have a great, great weekend. I don't hear the music. I assume it's playing. Um, Have a great one. See you Wednesday. (laughs) Goodbye. Peace.